you got to listen to this podcast episode. It's really good. Okay, I'll listen to it. Yeah, hour and a half. Totally worth it. This is probably better than listening to an hour and a half of this. You know what I mean? Welcome to Poetry, the podcast where we try to understand poetry. She's Yuki. I'm Koya. How are you? Great. I'm so excited for today's podcast. You are? Yeah. Oh, unlike all of the rest of the days? No, like uh, the rest of the days I was excited to see you. But today I'm excited to talk about William J. Harris because when I was doing the bio, I like definitely developed a question. so you've fallen in love i've fallen in love he's so charming i also found like our nemesis podcast oh you did yeah what is our nemesis podcast so um i'll talk about it a little bit in the bio but the the podcast where he like there's this interview that i was listening to uh it's called penn sound i'm assuming it has something to do with penn state where landry harris is a faculty member for a long time and the podcast is like our podcast, except with people who are knowledgeable of poetry. Oh. Um, some of their episodes are. I think they, they have some that are called like Poetry Talk or something. So they like bring together three poets and they like talk about some poetry. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. I didn't yeah. understand 90% of what they were saying because they were like referencing other poems and like yeah the syntax of the poem and i didn't know any of the words yeah should we um pack it in no 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 no. (laughs) i think that this is a golden opportunity for cross promotion because Mm -hmm. we're like what is possible we're the Mm -hmm. potential or not we're we're not the potential they're the potential but we're Mm -hmm. the starting point we're the seed we're the seed they're the the sprout oh or the tree yeah yeah yeah. They- well, I mean, are they our, our nemesis or they're like what we're feeding into? I want to think of them as our nemesis. I do too. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think that nemesis. means that we should pack it in. You know, I feel like having oh, a nemesis, we, um, we should attack? ramp it up. The- oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, Penn Sound, if you're listening, how much uh, of our podcast today will be stolen from the podcast you heard? Oh, very little, because I didn't understand most of what they were saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. Um, But I was just about to do a a call to arms. Are you ready? (laughs) Penn Sound, if you're listening, we would either like to fight you or meet you or (laughs) cross-promote our shows. Pick one of the three. (sighs) We'd be happy to engage in any way that you would like. We think you're great and also potentially our nemesis. I would that? like to that was that was good. I, I I don't want to fight them, and so I don't like that you extended that on my behalf. Although I would do like like a dance off. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking like a um West Side Story situation. Like West Side Story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that I would do. Yeah. I mean that's really the only option. I think that we would somehow all die. <laughs> <laughs> Like both parties would lose. I, for one, am delighted that there is a podcast out there that 
does everything that we're aiming to do, but significantly better at a higher quality. I don't think it's better. It is higher. You think quality. it's worse. You think it's worse. No, you I don't think, think it's, it's much worse. worse. You I think, think it's, it's horrible. Different. Okay. Well, no one asked me, but I'm doing fine. Oh, I'm sorry. How are you doing? Um, fine. Wait, wait start over. Quite. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I started rewatching Downton Abbey. Ooh, is it good? I've never watched it. You know, just like peering in on the lives of wealthy British people at that time. And it's mm. um like a it's like a pretty conservative show because it's so it's like so obviously wistful for a time when, you know, uh. the nobility you know, like, ah, remember when nobles were nobles and serfs were serfs who knew their place. <laughs> yeah. That's not good. And um yeah. And so it's just I mean, but it's it's fun to watch. So I'm in a good mood because I started watching it again. Nice. Do they have good costumes? Yeah, if you love a beautiful gown, mm. they've got a beautiful gown in every episode. Nice. We got to get into this podcast, girl. Oh, the way I'm going to have to cut out that whole conversation. <laughs> well, For the listeners at home, we had a long discussion about race and representation. And what was it? Downton Abbey and Lord of the Rings. Um, I think the one possible tenuous segue to the podcast... <laughs> Is that William J. Harris, Black poet, Mm -hmm. and um, I think representation among poets matters as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's listening to the podcast, the the Penn Sound podcast, and he talks about how he grew up in Ohio and like, you know, his schooling was very white. And he went to an HBCU for undergrad. But then when he went to Stanford for graduate school and his PhD, it was very white. But like he had this like core group of black friends like other poets and writers and stuff and like that was such a formative especially during that time like around like you know the civil rights movement and things like that so um, yeah yeah where did he go for uh where was the hbcu he went to um i hadn't heard of it it's called um central state university it's in ohio oh no i've not that's I've not yeah heard i haven't heard of that one either yeah should i read my bio no oh Sorry. Tell me why you chose these poems. Oh, oh. <laughs> Koya, I chose these poems because you sent me a rage gift. <laughs> um, most people would be unfamiliar with the idea of a rage gift. I think it's mm-hmm. something that only you would do. Um, you sent me a year subscription to the Poetry Foundation magazine highly recommend uh poetry foundation if you want to sponsor us let me know and (laughs) it's beautiful and william j harris was prominently highlighted in the first uh magazine that i got and you this was a rage gift in the sense that you were so angry that i never pick poems (laughs) um and you basically sent this to me and was like pick a fucking poem it wasn't rage or if it was rage it was like it was a simmering passive aggression Mm. you know yeah. It wasn't like a full-on attack. It was, I you know, love it's the, it's the, a passive-aggressive gift. <laughs> it's it's the literary equivalent of like giving someone deodorant for Christmas. You know, <laughs> just like you, you need this. Mm-hmm. I, and I love it. You're so rude. <laughs> You're so rude. But look at um, us now. Look at you. I know we're picking a poem that I've I never picked heard a of. poem. It, it feels. Poems. It feels actually like a very. Yuki and Koya poem, mm. poet actually, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk about in a little bit. 
but the the magazines are also gorgeous. Yeah, the pictures yeah. you sent were, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So oh, that's also, why I, I picked the poems. Yeah, I was worried that you would feel overwhelmed because you thought it was only a one. You thought it was the one magazine, but it, now you know that it's a whole yeah. year. Well, I feel afraid? I feel bad. No, I I mean I'm really excited now. I love looking forward to things. Okay, uh, you know this, right? I I hate surprises. I love looking forward to things. But yes, you did. You just told me that recently. Yeah. 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 So I'm really excited to get them, but I feel bad because you spent money on me. I don't it was like pretty that. cheap. These are not cheap. Let me tell you something. I want Poetry Foundation to sponsor us, but people are not buying subscriptions because that subscription was very cheap. They are in the red. I mean, they they practically gave it to me. I mean, it was crazy. No one is subscribing to a print anything, but certainly not a print magazine of poetry. Well, I just want to plug Poetry Foundation's magazine and encourage everybody to get one. It's awesome. Poetry Foundation, please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> please give us money. Whatever money you definitely don't have, give it to us. Maybe they're rolling in it. They're probably doing fine. I bet they get like lots of like like federal grants and stuff. Like grants, yeah. Yeah. Uh, arts well, foundation i don't know send, send some of that money our way they're definitely not going to sponsor us if i well they're a foundation just called them that's their poor. whole thing that's their whole thing foundations give other people money i said they were broke and poor <laughs> they are that's not a going challenge to you heard it here poetry <laughs> foundation if you we have too many this is too many challenges broke <laughs> get some money Jeez. oh so it, it was it was nothing for me to get you the subscription. The the William J. Harris poems just launched themselves at me. They are so sounds like it. They're so funny and they're so engaging and like they're so good. Like I could have picked any of the poems that were in the the magazine's collection for this, you know, this round. And I just picked these two because they were on the shorter end. Um, yeah. And then I thought like we could slip in two, but yeah, they're great. He's great. I'm obsessed. I have a crush on you. William J. Harris, if you want to get some coffee sometime. I am married and I know yeah, you're married. You? But <laughs> just like if you want to be friends, if you want to join the podcast as a guest, we'd love to have you. I don't want to talk to him as a guest. What? I'd be too afraid. No, he seems really nice. He does seem really nice. He seems really nice. All so- right, read your read your bio. <laughs> Before I read my bio, I just have to heartily shout out Al Phil Reese's interview with William J. Harris for his podcast, Pen Sound. I was already charmed by the poetry I read of William J. Harris, but through this intimate conversation that details Harris's early life and career, I totally got a crush on the poet. Both Phil Reese and Harris have such calming voices, and I could just listen to Harris saying, golly, on loop. Seriously, go listen to it. Until then, Here's my quick bio. So William J. Harris is an American poet, educator, and academic. His poetry touches on diverse themes from family life to art to political movements, and much of his poetry is characterized by humor. In an interview for the Poetry Foundation, Harris says, My poems are as straightforward as I can make them. I come from William Carlos Williams and Langston Hughes. I want my poems to make the reader feel, understand, and laugh. It's nice when a poem does all three. When asked why he writes comic poems, Harris responds, That's the way they come out. Humor is important in my family. It's a way to make contact with other human beings 
and it's a way to comment on the world. Harris was born in 1942 in Yellow Springs, Ohio, near Antioch College, which is home to the famous literary magazine, The Antioch Review. He became interested in poetry and started writing when still in high school, being influenced by students and writers at Antioch. He went on to study English at Central State University, where he became an editor of the student literary magazine. At Central State, he also had the opportunity to attend a poetry reading by Amiri Baraka, who would later become an important focus of Harris's academic research. He received his master's in creative writing in 1971 and his PhD in English in 1974, both from Stanford University, where he became close friends with several students who would also go on to become prominent Black poets, writers, and thinkers, including Al Young, Ishmael Reed, Nathaniel Mackey, Bell Hooks, and Robert O'Mealy. While writing was always a part of Harris's life, his primary occupation has been as an educator and academic. He wrote, I started publishing in college, but a few years into my career as a college professor, I realized they didn't care about my poetry, and if I was going to get tenure, I had to write criticism. So I gave up the poetry and became a critic of the major writer Amiri Baraka. I enjoyed writing about Baraka, but it was a big mistake to give up the writing of poetry, a soul destroyer. Thankfully for us, he's returned to writing poetry. Harris is the author and editor of nine books. He held professorships at Cornell, UC Riverside, Harvard, SUNY Stony Brook, Penn State, and the University of Kansas, from which he retired in 2014. He now resides in Brooklyn, New York, with his wife, Susan, who's also a literary scholar and professor. You Look Beautiful by William J. Harris. The husband says, you look beautiful. Not hearing, the wife says, have you seen my glasses? I said you look beautiful. Well, let's find my glasses and we'll see. Isn't that cute? Nice. I love it. I bet they just have the best marriage. Maybe. Who knows? You always read. You always read things with so much, so much more emotion than I read. I I read things so flat in my head. I, just, mm. I, I thought um, about doing voices, like a like a man's voice and a lady's voice. The lady's voice would just be my voice. What's the man's voice? Deeper. Do it. The husband says, "You look beautiful. Oh. <laughs> you look beautiful. You look beautiful. You look beautiful." I don't know. Audiobook readers do that. They do? Yeah, they change their voice for different characters so you know who's talking. Oh. I didn't do that because I'm not good at it. Well, I don't think you should. <laughs> yeah, it clearly. Good. Um, what do I you hope think? they have a good marriage. I don't know if they have a good marriage. I mean, you know, it's always tricky to assume, but it is. this is like such a nice little snippet. What's the What's the image or what's the vibe that you're drawing from this poem? The vibe is, oh, kind of, you know, like when we were reading Late Fragment last week, you know, it's like um, like a snippet from this larger scene, mm. you know, and, you know, it's just like a really quick, humorous exchange that even though it's, you know, it's a very, very kind of simple and straightforward exchange. It's the kind of exchange that you would have with someone that you've known for a long time and very, very deeply, you know, mm-hmm. so the vibe it's giving it's giving true love. It's giving committed partnership. <laughs> it's sweet. It is sweet. So one thought when I had this was like, I wonder how much of the way I read it just now 
you know, lends itself to that vibe. Mm-hmm. But like, there was a part of me because when I read it in my head the first time, it was it was the sweet vibe, just the way I read it just now. But like, I was like, oh, you could also read this very snappishly. Yeah. You know, like, have you seen my glasses? You know, like, just like totally ignoring her husband. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the husband snaps back like, I just said you look beautiful. You know, like, it could be <laughs> like very antagonistic conversation. I do yeah. think you read it more charged than uh, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't that like snippy but it was like it's certainly more charged than how i was reading it in my head mm, i read it a little bit like sweetly chiding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah well like i get the sense that like the husband is a little bit used to being ignored <laughs> <laughs> and the wife is like you know like recognizes that that's a dynamic in their relationship and is like totally unbothered by it so i liked it <laughs> Um, I really like the last line. Well, let's find my glasses and we'll see. I think I might be reading a little bit too much into this. What are you um, reading into it? Well, so I was like, oh, you know, that's like so empowered. You know, like she's not depending on like, you know, his validation. You know, it's not like, oh, just because you said I'm beautiful. I don't care. I'm going to get my glasses and see if I'm beautiful. <laughs> I, I think the other part of it was just like, she's just like, that's fine, sweetheart where my glasses yeah that's that's kind of how i read it this is like a couple who's been together for such a long time you know it's very sweet that he's still got all these compliments and is still yeah. like in awe of her beauty and stuff it is so much a part of their relationship that it doesn't have to be like oh my god thank you it's just like right he's always talking i about know how i am <laughs> <laughs> it's just so woven into the fabric of their relationship that it's like great now I gotta, you know, we gotta get a move on. I, I, I want these glasses. <laughs> but um, it's so sweet. Yeah, it's so sweet that he still sweet. says, "You yeah. look beautiful." And like when he doesn't hear her, he's like adamant. Like you must know, I think you are so beautiful. I love you. Yeah, <sighs> I also really liked the last line of um, because it is. Um, I think what did you say? Sweetly chiding is how you read it. That mm-hmm. it, because that is like it's sort of like okay, you're still on this like me being beautiful thing. But like, how am I going to transform this into getting the thing that I just said that I needed, which is my glasses? <laughs> just like teasing him a bit. Yeah. Um, Do you have any relationships like this where, you know, the the love and the compliments, they still flow, but they go without saying? Oh, um, I think I have a lot of relationships like that, actually. I think. Hmm, let me think about your question. Do, do you have, is this a dynamic that you are familiar with? Hmm. Actually, I have another question for you. Yeah, go for it. Do you, in, in this scenario, and you have to choose one. Okay. Um, it, it, like in the scenario presented by this poem, which, are you the husband or the wife? Oh, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, I think I'm reading a little bit too much into this. Mm-hmm. So you know that I'm a person who loves validation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just love compliments. You know, we've talked about like when I cook a good meal, I just I just really want Sky to say mm, yummy. Like that's all <laughs> I need. <laughs> and um, I think that if this conversation were to play out in my marriage, I would be the one saying you look beautiful. And I'm going to, I don't want to like put anything sinister into William J. Harris's heart because I think he's 
wonderful. Um, but I feel like I might say you look beautiful because I want to make Sky happy and like give him, you know, a compliment, which would then bounce back his validation to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if it's like a thank you, even if it's not like, oh, you look beautiful too, or I love you. It's like, oh, thank you for recognizing how beautiful I am. You know, like, thank you. That's so sweet. Like, that's enough validation for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Again, not saying that that was what William J. Harris was doing in this poem, but yeah. I think that would be, I, I would be the, the husband in this poem. Yeah. You would be the husband. Yeah. How about you? I see it. Um, definitely the wife. <laughs> yeah, you were so spicy. Well, I, you know, I used to not really like receiving compliments, especially on like how I look. Um, and maybe mm. even now, sometimes I don't. And But like, what I figured out was like, if you do not like receiving compliments, if they make you uncomfortable, you cannot lean away from them. You must lean into them. So if someone is like, oh, you look beautiful today, you just have to be like, oh, my God, I know, <laughs> you know. And then if someone says that to you, they're like, oh, <laughs> and then they will, will stop complimenting you. No, they will. Um, they'll just be like, what a charming way to receive a compliment. No. <laughs> I think maybe you would be the wife because I am also beautiful and not appreciative. Um, it's totally dismissive. <laughs> uh, she's not unappreciative, but she's like, I, I just, I love the sort of like nonplussed way in which she's receiving the compliment. Again, you know, it's that like, oh, he's always, you know, he's always on about how beautiful I am. And, you, you know, she, she's, she's a pragmatist. <laughs> she's got to get to those glasses. She doesn't, doesn't have time to marvel at her own beauty, you know? Um, so I definitely feel like, like the wife, but I don't, I don't know that I have relationships like this, uh, or like, um, I have lots of relationships where the affection, the mutual affection is, is very free flowing, but I don't, I mean, I don't know that I've necessarily had an exchange particularly like this. Mm-hmm. I love that there's no apology. <laughs> there was something I was going to say, but there's something I'm trying to articulate that I'm having trouble getting to, but it is something about the last line of, um, um, she said when she says, you know, and we'll see. There's something about the w- the way that glasses and seeing are are tied together, and yeah. um, like noting that she's beautiful. I can't articulate what the thought is, but there's something about that that I'm that's very playful and that I really enjoy. Uh, I I hate to get to final thoughts already, but are we final thoughts? Are we there? I think so. I think okay. My final thought is that I I enjoy so much how again how this is like a snippet of like a larger scene and you know that that kind of like i mean this is such a like a mundane moment that he's been able to like crystallize into this this poem it's fun to see that you know represented like it's fun to see that represented as a poem and then just like to kind of see that in someone else's relationship yeah final thoughts yeah i i mean a lot of what you said i think just you know this is a snippet in time but it's a like you get a peek into a much longer relationship. I really love that you bring up Late Fragment because it gives us such a different vibe. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like this is like a relationship that has been like very honest, you know, like they're not afraid to, you know, try each other a little bit because there's a, you know, long foundation of trust and sweetness. So it's it's okay to to have that kind of relationship. Like nobody's gonna get their feelings hurt because 
you know, she didn't fully acknowledge his compliment. And it's, yeah, it's so different from the the vibe that we got after reading Late Fragment, which was like this sense of like, you know, I didn't lead the best of lives, um, but I achieved something in the end that was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, I laughed out loud at the end. I did like a ha. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, you know, like, because I think like a lot of the the poems that we've read, again, like, I do not mean to denounce your choices. But like, <laughs> this, this just like gave me like such an opposite feel of like, it, you know, it, it is. was just like purely light. It's, and yeah. it like, uh, well, I shouldn't say that not just purely light is like, it had a very lighthearted ending. But actually, the feeling it left me with was like, deep committed love and trust yeah but the approach yeah. is very light yeah for sure yeah, yeah it, it is i mean it's it, it is it's very different in in affect to a lot of the other poems that we've looked at um yeah, yeah nothing else to say it's light yeah. and like you know i feel like a lot of poetry it deals with like the heavy things right like mm-hmm. it's a medium where you can tackle a lot in a little space mm-hmm. but life is made up of these like sweet tender moments that like would be meaningful to nobody but the two of you you know yeah like this isn't a story that you're telling at somebody's memorial but it's like what you think of when you think about that person yeah you know beautiful you look beautiful koya yep wow i know you did that on purpose so i'm not even gonna be sad okay poem number two you look beautiful yuki on wearing ears (laughs) okay On Wearing Ears by William J. Harris. As long as people continue to wear ears, there won't be much peace and quiet in this world. Yuki. Yeah. This poem was very funny. It is very funny. I didn't really get it, but I did think it was very funny. (laughs) What did you get? What did you think? What I didn't, okay, so I, I think that what I didn't get was maybe, like, the whole point of the poem, you know, like, I, I think mm-hmm. that, like, not getting it is, like, a part of it, because, like, the idea that ears, and therefore hearing, is what causes a disruption to peace and quiet, as opposed to um, what I would have expected for how the poem ends would have been something like, as long as people continue to wear mouths, you know, right? But instead mm. it says ears, which, so I'm, I, so I'm immediately kind of pulled in by like, why do you say that? <laughs> but, you know, but I think that that's, I mean, it's, it's like a riddle, you know, almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like very puzzling, but very funny. Yeah, I had the same question. I was like, so I wonder if the lesson here is to like shut your ears to the world. That's like the only... Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. the only way that you'll get peace and quiet which like in in terms of the phrase peace and quiet sure but like in the terms of the word just peace you know like that's not how we achieve peace right like by Mm -hmm. shutting our ears to you know all of the problems in the world and like you know refusing to listen to other people's perspectives so yeah I I thought that was an interesting choice as well but maybe it's like yeah go ahead well just that the idea that he pinpoints the problem as ears rather than parts of the body that actually produce sound that actually just strife (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. um but i think you know like maybe the the point that he's actually trying to make is not like you know this is how we achieve peace and quiet but maybe the point is like 
you know, wearing ears is not like a choice. You know, you like you don't wear ears the the way you wear clothes. So like maybe the point he's trying to make is like there's never going to be peace and quiet in the world. Like, yeah, it's just a thing that you have to accept. um, And you should have to wear your ears. You should have to face the, you know, the strife and the cacophony in the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, that, that is the, that's the impression I got as well, that even though he is, he has positioned wearing ears as like an option, that's something you can take on and off. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, what's funny because like, you sure can't, you know, you just have ears. (laughs) Sometimes I wish. I don't wish. I mean, what is so interesting to me about this poem is that like, I have never had a thought even close to this (laughs) in my entire life. Has just has just truly never occurred to me to just be like, man, I wonder if I could just like take these ears off if everything mm-hmm. would be just fine. And because like, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's I would never pinpoint the problem as being with hearing. I would be I'd pinpoint the problem with producing sound. Mm-hmm. And so this is just like a really different way of thinking about that. It's it's like not it's like not a way of thinking that it's just very different. Um, mm-hmm. And so I mean. It was interesting to me in that way because it was just like, like yeah, I, weird. <laughs> but but certainly that, I mean, you know, like you are going to continue to wear ears and you have to make peace with the fact that there won't be peace and quiet. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think about this poem in kind of relation to like the political side of him. You know, mm-hmm. he he talks about how his, a lot of his poetry does have this like political undercurrent that maybe you have to read a little bit into if you didn't know, you know, the context of the poem or the context of the poet in the time that he was living in. I mean, he's still alive. Is context when he was growing up, I guess. And so, you know, part of me was wondering, like, what is like the political message here? Oh, I mean, I, I think it was kind of what you were saying earlier that with all of the noise you just you, you just kind of have to make peace with the fact that that's there that there are people who have completely different viewpoints from you who think about things differently from you are going to be very loud about it and you know you can pinpoint the problem with them and how they need to change or you can pinpoint the problem with you and what you're tuning into he's not saying that you shouldn't listen to it you know, he's mm-hmm. not saying that you should close yourself off to it or or try taking your ears off. He's just saying, like, this is how it is. There's not going to be like the the, the yeah. piece that you were looking for is does not exist in this world because we got a bunch of people in a bunch of different ears. We're all choosing to put them on every day so we can all hear each other's thoughts. One one thought that I had was like, OK, obviously, we can't take off our like literal physical ears, but there are ways that we can, you know, dismiss or kind of tune out certain things like the other day I was you know like my google news feed or whatever and I kept getting these like articles with just like heinous headlines and I was like where's this how is this working on my algorithm (laughs) and they were you know like fox news kind of like things and so you know you can like go to your settings and you can say like oh I don't want any news from fox news and I didn't (laughs) Mm -hmm. didn't want those articles anymore but as I was doing it, I was like, this feels weird, right? Like, this feels like I'm accepting of this, what is it called? Like, your bubble, your, like, feedback bubble or whatever. Oh, yeah. Fil- filter bubble? Filter bubble. Yeah, I don't know what the word is. But, you know, like, I'm signing up for that in the way that I think people 
who do enjoy Fox News sign up for their own bubble, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't like that I'm doing this, but I am definitely doing this, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, I think that there are times when taking off your ears to get peace and quiet can be a really healthy thing to do. But there are also times when it can be harmful and you're just ignoring, you know, the fact that there isn't peace and quiet just to carve out a little bit of like personal peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. That is true. I mean, I do, I do see like the possibility of maybe tuning things out in that way. Maybe I should rethink the way I was approaching it before, which is that like, he's presenting it as a choice for a reason. I mean, it's funny to think of it as a choice because it's our ears and we can't take them off, but maybe that there is a choice built into engaging with what's around us, Mm -hmm. you know, um, in the same way that you choose to engage or not engage with Fox news, you know, to get peace and quiet. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I also will say is fine. I, I do, I, I, I go out of my way to look at headlines from news sources that I would not otherwise consume, but I do do not have them. I do, but I do not have them come to me. I -hmm. seek them out when I, when I want to seek them out, I don't. I don't just like have that sitting around in the ether all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when it's fed to you, it like starts to warp your mind. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I like. I think maybe the central question of this poem is like: Is peace and quiet a thing that is good or bad? Is it a thing that we should reach for or not? I think he means peace and quiet in the way that most people would mean peace and quiet, which is as you know, like calm and centered and you know all like i i think i don't i think it's good to neutral in the poem and so like i i I got i get the sense that it's desirable it's something that you want to have Mm. but what is like up for debate is like how much like what we're willing to do to to achieve peace and quiet yeah yeah maybe it's a question for me then it's like what am i willing to give up to get peace and quiet what are you willing to give up to get peace and quiet well clearly i'm willing to tune out fox news (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, am I willing to tune out people's suffering? Yeah. I was talking to, just very briefly, I I think I mentioned this, I was talking to and I had this moment where I was, you know, I was like, okay, well, I made a donation Mm -hmm. to this place that told me about. I did zero research about this organization and, you know, just gave them my money. And then that was a way for me to get, I like basically bought myself a little bit of peace and quiet. Right. Like, you know, there's this suffering going on in Tennessee and I did a thing. So now I can move about my day feeling a little bit less guilty about what's going on in Tennessee right now. So I think there is a little part of me that's like willing to ignore suffering or like bypass suffering so that I can go about my day. Yeah. Is that the same thing as 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 taking off your ears, though? I think it's like. It's like an acknowledgement that I've put on my ears for a little bit. Like I did the thing that I was supposed to do. I put on my ears. I listened. I was aware of what was going on. Um, but it's such a privilege to be able to take off my ears and say like, okay, I did the thing. I paid the donation. That's the part that I'm going to play. And then I think that makes it easier to tune out the suffering that is still continuing. Are you positioning that as a bad thing? I think so suffering spurs us to action right like suffering well not us- if you're <laughs> just all up under it all the time then no not really i mean it can but mm-hmm. not if you're overwhelmed by it 
Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would have been overwhelmed by it, right? Like, I'm in a position where if I wanted to, I could do more. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I think the analogy of the taking off my ears is saying like, okay, like I've I've put on my ears for enough minutes. I'm going to take off my ears now. But it's like being able to turn your attention towards some things and away from certain things is I think that's a, a skill. It, it, it is a, it's a privilege and it's also a skill. Yeah. I, I guess like the, the negative part though is like, like people in the drag community, people in the trans community, they're not able to, they don't have the privilege of turning their attention away. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. so prevalent. Mm-hmm. And so they're not going to have peace and quiet. Like they don't have the option of taking on and off their ears. Whereas I do, and I'm consciously, I'm consciously doing it, and I'm consciously yeah. taking advantage of that privilege. So, you know, my peace and quiet, in some way, is at the expense of other people's peace and quiet. Yeah, um, I do not disagree with that. I, I think maybe my perspective on it is a little bit different, but I don't. I do not disagree. Mm-hmm. Everyone can always do more. Some people really do need to be doing more. Some people don't do much of anything. And maybe there will come a time where you do need to do more. But like, you know, like I'm a human person with limited resources and, and capacities. Well, so I can, maybe that's the thing. Like, I, I think I wish I were the kind of person who did more. But like wishing does not make it so, you know, like I wish I were the kind of person who like called my congressman. And I, you know, I wish I were the kind of person who like marched in the streets. But like, I'm not. I think I'm just not that person. Um, I don't know how yeah. to become. Maybe there's something that like I could become that person, but like, is it laziness? Is it lack of care? Is it? I don't know what it is. I I do wish I were that person, but I'm just. I used to. Att- I, I've attended a few protests, marches, and stuff in my day. But when I when I got sick and um, the protests over George George Floyd's death were happening in 2020 I couldn't attend any of those because I was ill Mm -hmm. um and so I donated money and I wrote something that I shared at the time I don't remember I mean it was something but like I don't feel guilty about not protesting because I mean like I was like physically unable but like there's there's more than one way to advocate for your values and stuff Mm-hmm. And I like like to to bring it back to this poem. I just don't get the sense from William J. Harris that peace and quiet is a negative. You know, like if you're able mm-hmm. to achieve it, it seems like it's such a difficult thing that it's something to be valued. That doesn't mean you ignore things, but it doesn't sound like you are ignoring things. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? When I read this poem, I think of um, like floppy ears. Mm. like floppy ears you can take on and off and there's something about it that's a little like weird and dystopian about it (laughs) and uh i really like it there's something about this poem that is like very uncomfortable Mm. and i really really enjoy it one one thing that i thought of was like hearing aids like you can take hearing aids on and off oh you sure can yeah Um, that's true like I, i was thinking like you know if you're the kind of person who wears hearing aids like and you just get so tired of everybody. I have turn heard them of, off. I have heard of people doing that. Of just being yeah. like, I you know, just like turn that volume down, <laughs> way down. <laughs> yeah, that's like yeah. 
that's the power right there to just mm-hmm. tune out all the nonsense. Yeah. Maybe that's what, what was going on with uh, William J. Harris's wife. <laughs> she was just like, I, I can't deal with you today. Okay. That's so true. We didn't really talk about them together, but there is that that same aspect of um, of, of hearing and not hearing in that poem because she doesn't oh, hear like him that. initially. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so she, um, she knows how to take her ears on and off. Yeah. She's going to get her peace and quiet today. <laughs> but it sounds like they have a peaceful world mm-hmm. already. You got anything else to say? I'm glad that our listeners are wearing their ears and listening to this podcast. <laughs> I'm glad that you chose the poems for this week. I'm going to keep doing it because I, yeah. I have a new edition now. I have my March, March magazine. Yeah, I hope this doesn't just turn into like a Poetry Foundation ad. <laughs> if it did, how much would they pay? <laughs> Who knows what's happening when this podcast is released, but at the time of taping, there's a lot of political bullshit going on in Tennessee right now. So we'd like to show our support by shouting out to local organizations supporting LGBT youth in Tennessee, inclusiontennessee.org. That's I-N-C-L-U-S-I-O-N-T-N. Org. And the other is Nashville Launchpad. You can reach them at nashvillelaunchpad.com. William J. Harris's biography was compiled from Poetry Foundation, Raven Bookstore, and the Pen Sound Podcast. All links will be available in the show notes. Our music is from Less FM. Do, do, you, do you like what you heard? Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Share us with your friends or enemies. Subscribe to our podcast to know when each new episode drops. For questions, comments, concerns, or if you have a poem you'd like for us to discuss, hit us up on Instagram or email us at wepoetried at gmail.com. That's W-E dot P-O-E dot T-R-I-E-D. If you want to keep hearing more episodes like this, you can support Poetry by subscribing to our Patreon linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.